Good morning, it's 10 o'clock. And welcome. Right, welcome everybody. If you don't know me, my name's Eleanor. I'm part of the congregation here, and this is morning prayer at Christchurch. And we're still gathering. And everyone is welcome. If you're online, you're welcome. If you're here, you're welcome. We have some notices. Tonight, it's the first Sunday of the month, so there's prayer for our church, and uh, it's called One, One Hour, Seven O'Clock, One Hour to Pray Together for the Church. Uh, Next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, it's going to be a harvest festival, so if you'd like to bring things that can go to the food bank, imperishable goods for the food bank, that will be really good. That's next Sunday at 10. I want to put in a little plug for the Christian bookshop, Illuminate. Um, I went to the AGM on Thursday evening. It's a retail, it's, it's a shop. It depends on buying and selling, as all shops do. Um, but it's also, as it calls itself, a light on the high street. And to quote Christine, the manager, who gave us some wonderful anecdotes about people who come in for, and how they pray and all this. Uh, uh, and she said, people will come into a, a bookshop, you know, they won't necessarily go into church. Uh, and she prays with them. If you go in, she'll give you a big welcome hug, or not, if you don't want it. And she'll ask if you like prayer, if you want to chat to her. She's had people opening their hearts up to her. She's been able to pray. It is dependent on us. If you buy a book, can I suggest that you don't... Here we go. You don't go online. You get your book from Illuminate because it keeps open. So many Christian bookshops have shut over the years. And it's a light on the high street. So it's over to us. Um, Dare I say the word which is against all my principles to say on October the 1st. They have their Christmas cards in. Sorry. But they do. They're in competition with others. And I like to buy, I do tend to go to the St Mary's one where they have charity cards. And I get some from them. But, But the ones that illuminate also support charities. Support one... Um, I like to buy, I can't remember what it's called, it supports um, children who live on dump heaps in South America. 
you know. So you're, if you're still buying Christmas cards, that's a good thing to do. End of plug. Um, we've heard this morning that Ruth and John Tiller have a legal glitch, hitch glitch um, at the moment. I don't know what it is. Things aren't going straightforwardly right now. So uh, at the nine o'clock, Peter prayed for them. Let's pray for them now. Father God, and we praise you again for the love we've had and still have for John and Ruth and for all that they did for us and were, as they, when they were part of us here at Christ Church. Father, we lift them up to you. We ask your protection on their feelings and, and on their bodies and minds. And we ask that you will bless them through this difficulty and grant that it will be solved. Lord, we'd like it to be resolved soon. Bless them as they seek to settle in Hereford. In Jesus' name, amen. So all that is under the care of our great God. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> be with you. And also... Thank you. Uh, we're going to sing, This is the Day the Lord Has Made. We, usually, we often say it, but I thought what we would do, have a bit of celebration now. Are there any children or grown-ups out there? There are grown-ups. Are there any children? It would be great fun. Just have a celebration to start off. So, we've got some instruments. We've got some instruments and some flags, and we can sing it twice, and... Stand up and just praise the Lord because this is the day. Actually, every day is the Lord has made. But you know what we mean. This is a bit special. This is all oh, Peter's taking to the back. Anybody else? Yes. Come on. Let's all let's all celebrate. This is the day that the, oh good. We're having some instruments around the place. That's wonderful. Good. We can have you know little ones or big ones. Can bring flags up here so we can see them if you like. It's plenty of space for safety and um, this is the day that the Lord has made we're going to sing it twice let's stand and rejoice and sing and then after that we have another song to sing another rejoicing song so thank you
Oh, my soul. You carry on with your instruments, if you like. together now. <clears throat> Lord, we come to you in the assurance that you are present with us now. We do not have to seek your presence, for we are daily living in your presence. Make us aware of it and make yourself real to us and help us in these moments of prayer and worship to know that we are with one who is near and not far off, 
whose love is all around us and who knows our every need. We ask it through our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. I do have another song now. It's His name is higher than any other. His name is Jesus. His name is Lord. We'll just sing it once. set of names our God has and we need to confess our sins to our God if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness we'll say the prayer together Before God, with the people of God, we confess to our brokenness the ways we wound our lives, the lives of others, and the life of the world. May God forgive us, Christ renew us, and the Spirit enable us to grow in love. Amen. And God tells us that as far as the east is from the west, that far has he removed our sins from us. And we praise him. Amen. Now, where's Emma? Hello, Emma. The children are going to leave. We're going to pray for you. She has a lovely plan, but it rains, so they're not going outside after all, are you? You're going to be inside. And uh, following the theme that we're going to follow a bit in a minute, and uh, we want to bless you all. So, Father God, we ask that these children and Emma and Phil will be blessed by you, that they will know that you love them so much and that they will learn more about you as they go to a different part of the building. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Amen. Okay. And we're going to sing another song, uh, The Heart of Worship, when the music fades. So when you're ready, we're going to sing that song and, yeah. Would you like to stand?
God's word. I'm going to pray for us and our hearts as we hear the word and for Peter as he gives us what God has given him to give us this morning. Father God, thank you for the freedom to hear your word. Thank you that you have put your message into the heart of Peter. I pray for all of our hearts now that we may hear your message and obey it and think about it and want May we want to be more like you through what you're saying to us this morning. Amen. 
Uh, there are two readings today. The first one is from Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. You shall not murder. And the second reading is from Galatians chapter 5, beginning to read at verse 22. It's on page 1172 in the Church Bibles. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Got about three microphones pointing towards me. I don't know whether someone's trying to tell me something. I don't know, but this one's pointing in the wrong direction. Anyway, it's now pointing completely the wrong direction. That's better. Leave it like that. Okay. So last week was adultery. This week is murder. It's a bit like an Agatha Christie novel, isn't it? Uh, I'd imagine um, if you uh, are sitting there, I think probably you're sitting there rather comfortably this week, um, thinking, well, I've never murdered anyone, so I'm okay on this one. Um, but this commandment, you shall not murder, is there for many good reasons. And um, what God is asking us to do is to, thinking about this commandment, really is to think about how we manage our anger. So that's our topic or our theme for today, is how do we manage our anger? Um, there's a story about a pastor who goes to see one of the couples in his church. And uh, he asks them, how long have they been married? Fifty years, says the husband. Oh, that's a, that's a good achievement. Well done. Uh, have you ever thought about getting divorced in all of that time? The husband replies quick as a flash. Divorce? No. Murder? Mm, there's another story. Let's face it. We all get angry from time to time. Every single one of us. Um, maybe some of us more than others, I don't know. But maybe, but what I do know is behind this straightforwardly, this seemingly straightforward commandment of do not kill, do not murder, lies the issue of anger and how we manage it. Uh, and I think this is an issue that I think is, it conf- confounds, confuses. I don't, think, I don't think our society knows really how to manage anger at, at, at the moment. I really think we're in a bit of a pickle on this one. So this is something that we can all really do with thinking about how we manage our anger. And there are lots of connections here, actually, with with where we were last week, what we were thinking through last week. You remember we were thinking about that um, commandment, do not commit adultery. So last week, basically, was all about sex. This week, basically, is all about death. Maybe a bit blunt, but that's the truth of it. 
Um, we know more about the mechanics of sex and death than anybody else, anyone else in, the, in previous ages of human history. And yet we seem to understand less about the significance of either than any of our ancestors. And there are, other, there are other issues that are lying underneath and behind this commandment, do not kill, do not murder. Issues about the value and the sanctity of human life. How unique, how valuable is human life? Can we put a price on human life? Of course we can't, because every single human life is priceless. Uh, what do we do when we disagree about very complicated topics like euthanasia or abortion or capital punishment? So we might be sitting there thinking, oh, I've got this one sewn up. But actually, quickly, you can see there's more than meets the eye on this commandment. Now, the pivotal point around, this, around which the sixth commandment hangs is God. Because God is the one who freely and generously and wonderfully gives life to humanity. God, welcome your counsel. God is the one who breathes life into us. And so when someone murders somebody else, that is something that they have no right to do because God alone is the one who gives life. And therefore, if God alone gives life, he alone has the right to take life away. Human life is sacred. Human life is incredibly special. Human life is beyond price because we are made in the image of God. And so we need to value human life in a society where so much of all our life around us is disposable. Just think of the things you throw away without thinking about it. Um, disposable razors, disposable nappies, disposable contact lenses, etc., etc. And yet human life is not disposable. So when we come to think about this commandment, we are thinking about how we treat each other. That's really what's at the heart of this, how we treat each other. And we know, don't we, that our anger can lead to all sorts of wrong and bad things happening. So what does Jesus say? He's like, this is, obviously, we need to think about what Jesus says as well. And so you'll know, won't you, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says something about anger. And I'm going to read the verses to you where he talks about this in Matthew chapter 5. Verses 22 and 23, Jesus says this. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, we don't, we don't really hear people say raka to other people, do we, in our society? It's not really a, a word of, uh, uh, that people use in our culture, is it? But basically, it means, you know, if you call someone an idiot or a blockhead, essentially, it's what raka means. So it's an insult. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very uh, deep insult. It's, there's hatred behind it. There's malice behind calling somebody that, that name. And so what Jesus is doing here, he is getting underneath, he's, getting, he's digging underneath the commandment a bit, and he's getting to the fact that 
as we know, Jesus gets to the heart of the matter. And the, and the heart of the matter is the, is the human heart. And I've used this phrase before, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Don't get me wrong, God loves us. He loves us because he, he loves us. There is no doubt about it. He became one of us in Jesus. He loves humanity. And yet he's, he's trying to get us to understand what is the problem with the hatred behind this commandment. And so Jesus repeats the commandment. He emphasizes it. He says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But then Jesus raises the bar even higher. He then says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Oof. Ouch. Anyone who's angry will be subject to judgment. So Jesus knows what we're like. He knows we're fallible. He knows we get things wrong. He knows we're liable to get angry. But he points out that the commandment, do not murder, is based on a deeper issue, which is the anger and the hatred that one person can have to another person and possibly can, in extreme circumstances, lead to killing someone. Think back to the commandment we were thinking about last week, about adultery. Just think back to that. Jesus says lust starts in the heart, in the human heart. If left unchecked, it can possibly lead to being unfaithful in marriage. And so the same is true here. The problem starts in the human heart. The crime of murder is not just the shedding of blood, it is the hatred that leads up to it as well. Jesus is serious about anger, and that should make us think. Just consider, just think about, just, just ponder for a moment with me how much anger there is in our society around us and about us. Uh, one of the things I've noticed is, uh, is driving and traffic lights. Uh, you may have noticed it as well. It, it just seems to me at the moment that people kind of almost ignore the fact it's gone red, and they just keep driving, and you get people going through a red light. There's, there's, there's a, I think there's a deep level of impatience on the road at the moment. Uh, people seem to have less regard for the law. Uh, and we know about road rage and all of that that's going on. But it's not just about the roads. There's other things. Statistics are showing that the levels of domestic abuse and rape and violent crime are all on the increase. Why is that? There's all sorts of reasons behind it. All sorts of reasons. But in a nutshell... The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. But we all get angry, don't we? We all of us get angry. Anger is a natural human emotion. Uh, we get angry about all sorts of things. All sorts of things can make us angry. Some of them are good things. Some of them are good reasons to get angry. Um, if you get angry about the injustice towards refugees, that is a good reason to get angry. Uh, if you get angry about the way the world is being treated and being, you know, uh, forests are being cut and, and the way the environment is being damaged, that's a good reason to get angry. St. Augustine said many good things, and one of the things he said, this is a, a man who lived 1,500 years ago, he said this, and it takes some thinking about, hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Let me say that again. Hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. So that's about, you know, as people, we can aspire to great things. 
We can, we can work towards doing wonderful things, hopeful things, but sometimes we can be people who hate rather than people who bring compassion in that aspiring towards. And remember also, God gets angry. Uh, the word anger apparently appears 455 times in the Bible, and 375 of those times refer to God. God get ang- he gets angry about injustice, hypocrisy, falsehood. Jesus got angry. Um, if you uh, remember that the uh, occasion when he was, uh, he'd gone into Jerusalem, this is the last week of his life, and he goes to the temple, and he sees that money changes in the temple, and he, he, he gets a whip. Uh, John's Gospel records he gets a whip. He literally whips people out of the temple. He says, get out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a den of thieves. He thunders at them. We all get angry. So remember, anger itself is not wrong. Uh, J. John, in his book, I meant to bring it up with me, and uh, it's on sale at Illuminate, I think. Um, James, is that correct? Um, J. John outlines four main expressions of anger. This doesn't cover all of them, but these are the, the main types of human anger um, that uh, there are around and about. So um, the first of those is, is the maniac. Okay, the maniac. Um, those are the exploders. Uh, these, these are the people who have got a short fuse and, and can blow up at any time without warning. Uh, and when they get angry, you know about it. There's no doubt about it. They are angry. Um, and if, if this is you, I'm not going to look at anybody at this point. If this is you, remember your temper is the one thing you cannot get rid of by losing it. Okay? Temper is the one thing you cannot get rid of by losing it. So the maniac is that, you know, the, you, know you know they're angry. There's no doubt about it. Um, another type of human anger is the mute. The mute. These are the people who never show they're angry. You know, they bottle it up, clam it up. The problem with that type of, of handling anger is if you bottle it up, it will come out in other ways. If we don't express our anger healthily, our bodies keep the score. So people who, who clam up tend to, tend to develop symptoms like ulcers or maybe become depressed because of repression of anger. Um, and sometimes, I think, sometimes people think this is a Christian way of dealing with anger. But I'm not sure that's true. Um, we need to find ways of expressing our anger healthily and well. So you have the maniac, the mute, and then you get the martyr. These are the people who never get angry because they feel that they're the ones who are at fault. They're the ones who, they they think they themselves are at fault. And so you you might say they like to throw a pity party and invite only themselves. And so their anger may be used in all sorts of ways to somehow make you feel bad, but it's not that direct. It's directed at themselves and yet the impact is still felt. So the maniac, the mute, the martyr, and then finally the manipulator. So the, this is the sort of person who, when they get angry, or when they feel they've been wrong, they like to get even. And so their anger may be expressed by taking revenge or getting their own back. And once they feel they've done that, they'll probably never mention it again. 
Now, if you're anything like me, you'll recognize all of those aspects in yourself, of those traits. But just let me share you honestly about myself for a moment. Um, you may not realize this, but I struggle with anger. I do. I struggle with anger. Um, of any of those traits just listed just now, I tend to be someone who bottles it up. I tend to be the one who kind of tries to kind of bottle it up, and then I'll let it out of the wrong people. And I get angry about all sorts of things. I, I really do. Um, I get angry about situations or people I'm struggling with at church. Uh, I get angry about things that are going on in the diocese or the wider church of England. Um, I get angry about what's going sometimes on in the family. Um, I can feel angry about getting finny ignored. I can feel angry about not being good enough. The list goes on and on and on. But it's about how we deal with our anger, isn't it? And I... I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on how I express my frustration and my annoyance in a way that doesn't let it out on the people that haven't... So they haven't caused it, so I'm working on how I, I don't let it out on them. And maybe you can relate to that as well. Now, if you are struggling with anger, please don't struggle alone. Find someone that you trust, that you can share with. Find someone that you know you can trust and open up to them and share with them your struggles. Do not struggle on your own in this area. Find or, or, or a trained counsellor to help you, who will listen to you. Um, equally, if you are finding yourself at the, the end of someone's anger, maybe even in an abusive relationship, ask for help. Ask for help. If you want to know more about where you can find that help, um, ask me or ask Debbie afterwards, and we will help you to find that help. But it's about how we manage our anger. So that's what I'm going to turn to now, brief, as briefly as I can. And I'm going to just touch on three ways, three practical ways, we can healthily manage our anger. Firstly, stop and reflect. Stop and reflect. When we get angry, a good way of dealing with it is, is simply to pause and breathe. Uh, not breathe fire, but breathe. Take stock. Um, there's a saying, um, and it's, it's, it goes like this. Speak when you are angry, and you'll make the best speech you will ever regret. Speak when you are angry, and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. You know the sort of thing, don't you? Um, an email comes in late in the day and it accuses you of all sorts of things. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And you're, you know, if you're anything like me, the, the um, temptation is to fire one back in anger and say, oh. But I tell myself, breathe, pause, reflect. Don't reply in anger. Um, maybe write one that vents your anger, but don't send it. Delete it and write a better one the next day. So stop and reflect. Secondly, deal with it. Deal with it. The Bible is very clear. When there's a problem between two people in the church, in the fellowship, it's, the Bible is very clear. It says to go and try and sort it out. Try and deal with the issue. So Jesus teaches on this again in, the, in that same part of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar... And there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. 
Then come and offer your gift. Jesus is putting a high priority on reconciliation between two people. But again, you're not, you need to be careful here. Not just wade in and, you know, oh, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you you've got it all wrong. It's not about that. It's not venting your spleen. It's about re- approaching reconciliation with humility and a deep respect for the other person and listening to their point of view and learning from the other person's point of view. So stop and reflect. Deal with it. And thirdly, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Ingrid read these verses, didn't she, earlier on? These are from Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. When you squeeze a tube tube of toothpaste, what what comes out of it is what's in there. And it's the same with us. What comes out of us when we're angry or frustrated or tired is what is inside of us. And when you speak words of anger, like a tube of toothpaste, once it's out there, it's out there. You can't stick it back in. You can't put it back in. It is out there. It's said. And so if we're full of God, if we ask God continually to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because that's what actually it's saying in Greek, is to be keeping being filled with the Holy Spirit then when we're under pressure, what, is, what comes out is more likely to be the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and so on. And so that's why we need heart transformation. This is why we need the Spirit to be working in us continually to bring about his heart transformation in us. We all need that because we've all broken the sixth commandment with angry words and angry attitudes. Let me say all this, this also. It doesn't mean we don't challenge things when we feel we've been treated badly. And, and sometimes anger is justified, but it's how we deal with it that makes a difference. We need to speak words of truth about how we feel, and yet also do that with grace. Before I finish with a story, I, let me just make one more point, and this is, this is very profound, actually. Uh, think of the three main figures of the Bible. Obviously, I'm not Jesus is the main figure, but the, I think the three biggest figures in the Bible are Moses, David, and Paul. Moses received these Ten Commandments. Moses actually he went up to Mount Sinai and he was given these Ten Commandments, and he did amazing things in his life, didn't he? Uh, David, King David, he was the greatest king of Israel. He uh, a wonderful king, you know, wrote the 23rd Psalm, did amazing things in his life. And then Paul wrote most of the New, of the New Testament. And what do they all, all have in common? They're all murderers. Amazing, isn't it? Worth pondering. These people were murderers, and yet God transformed them into people he could use for his glory. And so if he, can, if he can transform them, he can transform us as well. God is in the business of heart transformation. I'm going to finish with a story. Uh, a previous Archbishop of Milan once told this story. 
He said there were three teenagers outside the cathedral in Milan. And one of the teenagers said, why don't we go into, that, into the cathedral and go to the confession box and find the priest one by one and tell the priest all sorts of obscene, disgusting stuff and see what he does. So they agree on the plan and uh, the first teenager volunteers to go into the cathedral first and so he goes into the cathedral, finds the confession box, sits down and the priest is in the confession box and the priest asks why he's there and the teenager comes out with all sorts of disgusting, obscene, horrible stuff. You know, he's trying to shock the priest, you know, the sort of thing. But the priest isn't shocked and the priest listens and at the end he says to the the teenager, he says, okay, what I want you to do is to now go outside of the cathedral and I want you to go to the front door, the main entrance of the door, and then turn around and look up and you'll see a crucifix right at the top of the cathedral. And I want you to go out there and I want you to stick your hand up and point to that crucifix, look at Jesus as he hangs on the cross and say, I don't care. So the teenager runs out of the cathedral and he finds his friends and his friends are wondering what's happened. He's, you know, what, what's, what's happened in there? You know, so, so he tells them, he says, this is, this is what I've been told to do. So he shows them. And so he turns around and he, and he looks up right at the top of the spire and he sees the crucifix Jesus is on this cross. And so he points his fingers up at the cross and he's about to say to Jesus, I don't care, but he can't do it. He just cannot say it. Instead, he drops to his knees in front of his friends and he confesses to God and he says, sorry, God. And he says, God, I want you to change my heart. And and in that moment, God changes his heart and now his heart is for God. And the Archbishop of Milan said, I know that story was true because I was that teenager. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you're in the business of heart transformation. Thank you, Lord, that you change us. You mold us. Little by little, as we allow you to more and more into the likeness of your son, your beautiful son, Jesus. And Lord, we pray that we'd be open to you, molding us, shaping us, helping us to manage our anger. So that, yes, we... Live out those fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness and gentleness and self-control. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm hoping we've got a a YouTube song we have. That's excellent. Thank you. And so we're going to just spend some time, a little bit more time, receiving from God as we hear this song. Uh, it's a lovely, lovely song by Stuart Tannins, and I just encourage you to receive from God uh, during this time. Thank you.
lot of challenges there. Let's affirm our faith in our great God if you stand and we'll say the creed together.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Would you like to be seated for our intercessions? I've been challenged all week by last week's thoughts on marriage and relationships. And obviously the extreme action of murder begins in the heart, as we've heard, with evil thoughts and damaged relationships. So our prayers will continue on from last week and they will be for quite specific relationships. Remembering that we're part of God's worldwide family because Jesus died for every person in the world, we ask that our prayers encompass all the world's societies. Let's pray. Loving Father, we bring to you everyone who is involved in frustrated or damaged relationships, where there is hatred, bring your love, where there is darkness, bring your light, where there is harm, bring your healing. Lord, hear our prayer. Would you like to repeat? Lord, hear our prayer. Loving Father of everyone, you know that relationships have ups and downs, joys and challenges, excitements and disappointments. We bring to you now relationships that are going through tough times. We bring to you families where there is stress due to finances, health, relationship breakdown. May your tender love flow into their lives and bring peace. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving Father of everyone, We pray for older couples and singles who are facing the difficulties of health that come with aging. Please give them patience and strength and the support that they need. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving Father of our church community, Grant us each the insight, empathy and guidance of your Holy Spirit that we may support each other sensitively. We, 
are a community created by you. May we be community to each other. Lord, hear our prayer. And a collect a prayer that many churches will be praying. Gracious God, you call us to fullness of life. Deliver us from unbelief and banish our anxieties with the liberating love of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Shall we say our, the Lord's Prayer together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Right. We welcome the children back. Hello, everybody. Are you going to come and tell us what has been going on? Now, I'm not very good with these. Do, you, do we take this off and hand it to you? I don't know what we do. Take it off. Is it on? It's on. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Right. Well, hello, everybody. Just going to shuffle along a bit. What so we going to do? All these goodies down. Oh. Right. We've had a very. Hang on. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It has. You have, wait a minute. You hold on to that. We have had a really uh, varied and exciting time, haven't we? With such a range of people. Can you see how many different types of ages we've got today? Uh, we've been thinking about the. Commandment number six, and it is... Don't kill. Don't kill. Very topical, very difficult. But we were actually really focusing on uh, not just actions, but words and deeds, and remembering that we need to be kind people. So we played the game first, which was Ace's favourite. Do you want to explain that one? Um, So you had... So you have to use the newspapers to knock down the the pins for like things that have made you mad and stuff like that. We didn't say them out loud though. We just thought about something that might have made us mad, and we lobbed these at the pins. You call them pins, don't you? Yeah. I call them skittles. But hey, what do I know? Uh, and then we swapped them, didn't we? Ace? Yeah. Do you want to explain? Anyone want to explain? Do you want to explain, Molly, what we did next, or do you want to explain that one? So next, we had... Oh, do you want the microphone? Who's going to talk? You do it. You hold the mic. People can't see you. Phil can be the tech guy. <laughs> so what did we do next, Molly? So we 
swapped? What did we swap the Skittles for? Do you remember whose name was on yours? We swapped the Skittles for a tube with whose name was on it? My mummy's name. My mummy's name, not because she was mad, but because we were thinking about people in our family who we uh, were trying to think of the other commandments at the same time, so who we were respectful of, who we think about, who we love. So then we had the same ball, different skittle, and we had a discussion about whether we'd want to hit them, and we didn't. So we threw our balls, we left them where they were, and we saw that one accidentally knocked somebody else's daddy and mummy over. <laughs> but we talked about that too, didn't we? What did we say? remember we said um, that sometimes like we say stuff but it's accidental that's right and make mistakes and who do we talk to to put it right god we talk to god and then we we did, did a different game didn't we Caden? what do we use next have you got it have you got the thing that we use next we had this next and who did this represent it was jesus, jesus. So Jesus is the light of our world. He wants us to all be peaceful people. So we swapped the Skittles for the lantern, or we mini lighthouse, if you like. And then we had something a little bit more dangerous, didn't we? Who liked this game? Ethan liked this game, didn't you, Ethan? What did we have to bowl next? What were these? Oh, don't let me listen. They've got a French name, haven't they? So, balls, yes. So, are, are these light or heavy? So, we thought this was us. We bowled these towards the lantern, but of course, we don't want to knock it over, but we want to be close to it, to the light, to the piece. And it was, was it easy? It was really hard, wasn't it? And we've discussed that it's really hard to be a peaceful person. It's not easy to keep being perfect, is it? <laughs> so we did really want another go, but we ran out of time because we went then to the room and, Je- and Phil read us a story, didn't he? And we read about two people who'd had an argument. Phil, do you want to explain? Yeah, the story was about two girls, wasn't it, that had had a discussion over which high school musical film was the best. Sorry. And, um, yeah, they had a discussion over which high school musical film was the best. And it ended up, sadly, with the one girl hitting the other. And we asked what was the best way to respond. And we had some really good answers telling the teacher it's not good to hit other people, even if they've hit you. So we had a really good discussion on that, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And then we thought about what the best way to be is, which um, we decided it was to choose the peaceful option, didn't we? Which then led into... Thinking about oh, right. symbol. I'm sorry, I made a paper origami dove last night, thinking I could teach them today. Dismantled it, and I can't do it. So we don't all made doves, didn't we? Because that's the symbol for peace. So Ethan's got his dove, yeah. and Nanny's got his other dove. He made by using drawing around his hand, and you've got yours, eggs. Yeah. A candle on aces to represent the light. Yeah. Molly's got hers because she was really wanting to make this with me and Mummy, and I made a mistake. And then, so can you have a look on YouTube, please? (laughs) (laughs) 
And then Caden's done. What were you just done? He's done a really beautiful, because you love rainbows, don't you? There's some very colourful them. And, and then um, uh, you had the great idea, Sophie, didn't you, of making, because we know how to make this in origami. Do you remember these when you were children? And Sophie's going to come up a way of thinking about peaceful thoughts in hers, giving you peaceful choices to make. <coughs> when you're a little bit cross, you can go like this. <laughs> you can look again. Oh, God bless me. Oh, I'm at peace with God. Is that right? Yeah. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Thank you. And we found that origami, the benefits are twofold. <laughs> Thank you. I think we can learn quite a bit from that too. Thank you, children. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Emma and Phil. Well, we come to our closing hymn. It's a golden oldie. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Is that true? Yes, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Hope he's yours too. Right, would you like to stand? Come and abide with us 
come and guide us, come and protect us this day and evermore. Amen. So let's go in peace to love and to serve the Lord in the name of Christ.